Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I am your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Brian Bonaparte. And we are coming to you today, uh, Sunday night we're recording, the final four is set. That is what we're going to spend the majority of this podcast talking about, just kind of the NCAA tournament in general, uh, wrapping it back around to Purdue, obviously who's not in the final four, um, nope. but you all know that already. So uh, we're going to just talk about that and uh, focus kind of on the NCAA tournament as a whole and where we kind of see Purdue's future in it. So uh that is going to be the bulk of the podcast, but first, Ryan, I've got a question for you. It is non-sports related. We kind of went away from these during uh, the bulk of basketball season because there's just so much going on. Um, we didn't want to waste much time, but I think I've got a, a fairly decent one for you considering uh, what today is. Are you ready? I'm, yep, I enjoy questions. Okay. So, for those uh, who who are big into television, tonight is the return of Succession. Uh, the fourth ah. fourth and final season of Succession begins tonight. Uh, starts in about an hour. Uh, so my question for you is, what is the best HBO original series? Ooh. Ooh, okay. Well, I will preface this with I have never seen Succession. Okay, that's fine. So uh, I, think, I think I have to be that guy, and I think I have to go Game of Thrones. Okay, okay. It's a good. I mean, it's until a, the last like season. Yeah, the last season had a lot of problems. Uh, right. Um, yeah, mostly, mostly I think the writers were like, we have 
a hundred million dollar offer from this other place. I think it was like Netflix or something. Uh, so let's just wrap this up. We got one season. Let's just figure this out and move on. Uh, but yeah, the last season had a lot of problems. But man, for those other those other seasons, that was that was quite a ride. One of the one of the most fun television shows I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Who? For sure. Uh, which house were you rooting for? See, it changed every episode. Oh, mine never changed. Oh no. Mm. I mean, I, I really, I really enjoyed House Stark. Yeah, I mean, I was, then, I was, I was House Stark 100 percent from episode one yeah. forward. It's always those. It's always the Warner Brothers properties that make you uh, divide into houses. Yeah, I Harry guess that's Potter true. Them, I guess that's true. Whatnot. Uh, just yeah, I mean. Really, that was such good television all the way up until, like, the Battle of the Bastards. And then, um, like, I know the Red Wedding, everyone uh, was either super surprised by or just they were one of those people. I already read the book. I know what happens. But that was that was just devastating uh, for me. Like, there, there was no doubt about it. And at that point, I had not read the books. I've... I've read the books yeah. now, um, mm-hmm. but they're not all done because George R. R. Martin writes at a snail's pace, and it's been like eleven years, I think, since his, mm-hmm. the last book came out, and he's just right. like, "Oh, I write a couple pages a day, and you mm-hmm. know," and it's like, "Man, what are you doing?" I think, yeah. I think, um, I think Stephen King has written like thirteen books in the time uh, that he yeah. has been working on this one, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just wild. Um, yeah. Let, let's see. For me, I preface this just like you said. You've never seen Succession. I have not made it all the way through The Wire yet. Um, okay. Which is especially egregious because uh, I went to law school in Baltimore, uh, where The <laughs> Wire is set, and wow. uh, the creator of The Wire actually came to our law school um, to talk about like police investigation and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. and. I, I've never, I've never gotten all the way through it. Um, the first few episodes of The Wire that I've seen are so slow, and everybody's like, "Okay, you just, you got to push through the first through ep- few episodes, and then it gets a lot better." Uh, but I've never yeah. kind of taken the time uh, to sit down and do that. So for me, um, I think the best one I'll have to go with is uh, probably The Sopranos. Um, okay. I think is. You know, just fantastic from start to finish. The ending is, you know, questionable. Just I don't think they needed to end it with the weird fade to black and you don't know what happens. <laughs> um, but uh, overall, I think that was a great one. I think some sleepers um, of mine would be um, The Righteous Gemstones, which is on there now. Um, just one of the absolute funniest shows uh, you'll ever see. Uh, Vice Principals is also um, a great one that was a very short-lived show, but it was one of those, like, they had it planned out, they did the seasons, they did the episodes they wanted, um, and then they just kind of kind of left. Um, and then the only other one I want to mention for sure is the is uh, the limited series they just did about Watchmen, which I thought okay. was absolutely fantastic as someone who loved the graphic novel and loved the Zack Snyder movie. Um, I know it's divisive to say you love anything Zack Snyder these days because of the whole DCEU <laughs> fandom going nuts, but I'm not one of those people. Yeah. But um, I just love the Watchmen um, graphic novel and the movie, and I thought the TV show was so well done. 
Um, and it was Damon Lindelof who who does who did um, the not gosh what was the show where everybody like disappeared where like they had the rapture the leftovers yeah left okay that show I know was there's like too. the leftovers one was like the one hundred yeah just there's there's so many apocalyptic shows yeah. now yeah a lot of them and and I guess I do want to say one more special shout out to Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, yeah one of the funniest shows on television so. Kudos to Larry David there. So, is there any other ones that you can think of? Um, um, I think The Last of Us has potential. Yeah, The Last of um, Us was good. I read that book too after the show was over because okay, I, and it was it was so good. The book and the mm-hmm. and the show. Yeah, and then the other one that I enjoyed, or at least the beginning, I didn't really make it through all of it just because I had so much going on. Was uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah, Silicon Valley is very good. I actually just finished that not long ago because, like you, mm. I, I got through, I think, the first four or five seasons, and then mm. it just kind of fell off my radar, and I didn't finish the last two. Um, so I, I went back and watched it, and it, it it's, finishes pretty strong. So um, kudos to them for, for sticking the landing. Um, Veep is another one. Veep is another one mm-hmm. that did a really good job of uh, – staying good all the way through and not overstaying its welcome. Um, yeah. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus, just one of the best comedic actors of all time. Yeah. All time. So. so now that brings up a secondary question okay. for me to you. Have you watched both episodes of Ted Lasso? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Okay. So you got to double check. You know, you got to make sure you're on, on point on that yes. one. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It is, it is very oh. good. It is very good. And... Um, I I really liked the last one. I mean, I've liked both of them. There's not been an episode of Ted Lasso that I have not liked. Um, right. But the last one with Rebecca, um, you know, finding herself and growing a pair, as she said, <laughs> I think in one point in that episode, uh, was really great with the transfer um, uh, coming to, to coming to AFC Richmond. So just what a great show. And I have to say... Uh, there is no show on television or streaming that has made me, I think, cry more than Ted Lasso. <laughs> like, just absolutely yeah. guts me, just like twice a season. So do you have, like, a set, like, weekly, you know, what you're watching every week, like, new shows coming out? Uh, I mean, some of them, but, like, yeah. Ted Lasso I watch every day when it comes out. Religiously, yeah. Yeah, I like, as soon as my wife comes down from putting our son to bed, I'm like... I'm like I've already got the TV on. It's already set up to Apple TV Plus, <laughs> and I'm ready to go. Um, yep. And then, likewise, we watch The Mandalorian. But The Mandalorian and Ted Lasso come out on the same day, right. so I'm always I always choose Ted Lasso first. Sorry, Mando. Uh, and then if we're still awake, then we watch The Mandalorian. Um, there you go. But most of what we watch is on streaming, so it's like. Yep. Some of them, you know, they dump a whole season on you at once. Some of them, it's a week mm-hmm. to week, but uh, it's so hard to stay up with. I mean, we've got a whole, I've got a whole note on my phone of shows uh, to catch up on. We just finished um, Our Flag Means Death on HBO. Okay. A- and then um, now we're going to start the final season of His Dark Materials, which I'm not really that into, but my wife really wants to finish it because she loved the books. Um, okay. But, you know, uh, what about you? Um, currently, uh, so, uh, my girlfriend and I yesterday, uh, watched, we just started the fourth and newest season of You on Netflix. Okay. Um, so that's, that's a 
that can be a creepy show. I yeah, mean, my wife watches that one without me. I, I watched like one episode and I was like, I don't think this is for me. I was like, my you, girlfriend got like, me you can watch it. it. So, yeah, she got me into it and I I I I started to like it. Um, so I picked it up at the second season. She had already watched the first, so we watched rewatched the first gotcha. and then we watched each season since. And then I also watched the new season of Outer Banks. On Netflix. I, I have uh, heard of that, but I have no idea of what that show is. Teenage Treasure Hunting is the best I can okay. give it. But it's a little more like, it's a little more edgy than, say, a National Treasure. Because it's Netflix versus Disney+. Plus. Well, yeah. So, I also watched the new National Treasure show. I thought they did a very good job with that as well. But yeah, I haven't watched that one either, but I'm sure that would be good. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, I... That was that's one I probably should add to my list to be honest. But man, it's just there's just so much out there to watch, and it's almost impossible to keep up with. Um, yeah, there's like eight different streaming show or yeah. streams you can have. Yeah. So there we go. That's kind of a catch up on what we're watching, as well as some of the the greatest uh, shows of all time. Um, so <laughs> we're gonna take a brief break here. Come back, talk NCAA tournament. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. So as promised, we're going to spend... The rest of the episode talking about the NCAA tournament. Um, Ryan, the final four was set today, uh, just about an hour mm-hmm. ago. Um, for yep. those who some for some reason might not know, uh, can you give me an update of who found themselves in the final four this year? Uh, who is heading to Houston, where us Purdue fans hoped we would be, but we'll be on our couches instead? Yeah. So yesterday. Two teams punched their tickets. They were out of Purdue's region, Florida Atlantic, because that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that happened. And then you had a UConn team who is the last highest remaining seed um, as a four seed, just absolutely obliterated Gonzaga. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Yeah, they... (laughs) They were. I, it was a thirty burger at one or a thirty piece at one point on top of them. So it was. It was not pretty. Then today, good old San Diego State, the Kawhi Leonard alma mater, defeated Creighton to get to the Final Four because that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I like. I haven't gone through and looked at everybody's bracket in the Hammer and Rails bracket challenge, but I would be absolutely shocked. Shocked. If anybody had San Diego State versus Creighton in the Elite Eight, I would be shocked if anybody had more than one of the Final Four correct. Yeah, and me that's too. Given UConn, right? So, and then the latest game is Miami decided to go and beat Texas. So Nigel Pack chose chose the Final Four team. Yeah, good on him. Yeah. I mean, he so. he might have helped make them a final. Well, not might have. He helped make them a Final Four team, got himself a heck of a lot of money, and 
I ultimately he made the right choice. Uh, he, yep. you know, he proved that. So really stinks uh, for Purdue, but I mean it's just the nature of college basketball right now. Um, my brother mm-hmm. just sent me this um, literally as we were recording. Since Purdue last made the Final Four in 1980, how many teams do you think have made the Final Four? Like, for the first time? No, 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 no. Just how many individual teams in those, you know, 43 years have been Mm -hmm. in the Final Four? Well, it's a maximum of 172, so I'm going to go with 64. That is really close. Uh, 56. Okay. 56. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, you know, there's a lot of teams who have made it multiple times, um, yeah. You go down the list. UConn has made it six. Kansas is ten. North Carolina fourteen. Duke thirteen. Um, I mean, Michigan State seven. That one, of course, drives us crazy. Um, IU three times. Arizona four times. I mean, you know, there's a lot of teams who who have been there with some regularity. But yeah. man, uh, it's three first timers this season. Yeah. Yeah, that's important to emphasize because it just shows you how wild, how absolutely wild this this college basketball season has been, and particularly how wild this NCAA tournament has been because not a single one seed made it to the Elite Eight. Yeah, and that's first the first time. time. Seventy nine. What's what's that? First time since seventy nine. Uh, no, all all no, with with zero teams being ranked number with zero. Excuse me. With zero one seeds making it to the Elite Eight, that has never happened in the NCAA tournament. Okay, they might have started. Yeah, I think they started tracking. Yeah, well, since the NCAA tournament began seeding teams in 1979, so in essence, since you know, since they've done it, but man, no one seeds in the Elite Eight, and it, it just goes to show you with these teams, as you said, three of the four in the Final Four making it for the first time in school history. It just goes to show you how two things I think how difficult it is to make it to the Final Four, mm-hmm. and how much parity there is in college basketball right now. Absolutely, and I think almost another sub point is the importance of guard play. Yeah, I I think that's kind of been shown with these four teams is they rely so very heavily on their guards and. Yeah, usually big man U doesn't uh, doesn't fare very well for these teams in um, in the tournament. Yeah, I mean when you look at the Big Ten, of course the Big Ten has not had a national champion since Michigan State in two thousand. I believe that game was in Detroit, and I remember that because the the Final Four logo had like a tire in it. It was weird, Um, and. The the reason, or one of the reasons, everyone always says is that guard play in the Big Ten is just not where things are focused on. And, you know, it's hard to argue with that because you look at Purdue, big man every single year for the last, you know, eight to nine to ten years, maybe even longer. Uh, probably, honestly, probably since like 2007. Um, mm-hmm. And then you look at the best player on IU, he was, granted, he was probably listed as a forward, uh, but Trace Jackson Davis, really a big man. Michigan, Hunter Dickinson. Um, can you name me the best guard on Michigan State? And how does he stack up against the guards from Miami? How does he stack up against the guards from UConn or from Texas um, or from Kansas? And I don't know if the Big Ten comes out favorably in any of those comparisons. 
Most most not. Um, I think your closest bet was Penn State with Pickett and Lundy. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I mean, Pickett is, but Pickett's just not a true, you know, a true guard. He can back down and play in the post as well. It's it's really you need the ball handling and shot creators yeah. in the tournament yeah. that can. I've said this several times, but it's it unfortunately reigns true. You need a Kemba. You need someone who can pull a Kemba. And if you a, get that for for those that good. don't remember Kemba Walker or remember what he did. Explain what you mean by that. Yeah, Kemba Walker almost single handedly willed his team to a national championship just by absolutely he would give me the ball. I am going to get a shot up and I'm going to make a basket. Yeah. The, it was his game and he made it his game. Yeah, every um, game in that tournament too. And mm-hmm. and it was in the Big East tournament. He did the same thing. Yes. I mean he yep, he, he just, carried he carried that team for something like eight or nine games in a row. I can't remember how many games they mm-hmm. had in the Big East tournament. Um, but they were not they were not a favorite in that Big East tournament if I'm remembering correctly. Um and yeah. there were three or the four seed in that tournament. Okay. And and he just willed them to victory game after game because he was so talented and he wasn't afraid to take a shot. He wasn't afraid to basically take over a game and and say, damn mm-hmm. my teammates, I'm doing this. Um, and right now you're just getting in my way. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, sticking in with UConn, the same thing happened with Shabazz Napier. Yeah. Who brought them that far. So, again, it's the guard play in this team. I mean, if you watch this Miami game against Texas, it was truly, um, it was Miller on Miami. He shot, I believe, 9 of 9 from the field. And like eleven of eleven from free throw. Yeah, he was he, he was not incredible. Miss. He was incredible. Yeah. So if you just have a guard who can create his own shot and just not even open up his teammates, sometimes that doesn't matter. Like it obviously always helps, but sometimes you just need the guy who can be the guy. Yeah. And yeah, so to your point, difficult in the big time. To your point, Miller, uh, Jordan Miller from Miami in this game, he played 39 minutes. Mm-hmm. He was seven of seven from the floor, okay. 13 of 13 from the free throw line, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, a block, and one turnover. Uh, led yeah. led them with 27 points. Uh, in fact, led all scores on uh, on both teams. So mm-hmm. uh, I mean, to have a guy who goes seven for seven doesn't miss a free throw, 39 minutes, and he's hitting these free throws at the end of the game when his legs had to have just been drained after playing Mm -hmm. 39 minutes, and he just, free throw after free throw, just salted the game away as Texas was trying to do everything they could to claw their way back. And as it stands right now, I don't know that anyone in the Big Ten has a guard who can do those things, whether it be Kimba Walker, um, or or Jordan Miller like that from from Miami, and that's I think that's I think what makes last year's loss to St. Peter's hurt so much worse is because it felt like Purdue had that guy, you know Jaden right. Jaden Ivy, uh, you know gets top one of the top draft picks in the NBA um, has scored something like a thousand points already in the NBA uh, this year. Is that right? Did I make that up? 
Um, I know he's averaging about 15.4 a game. I feel so. like I just saw that. Uh, he, he hit a three to make his 1,000th point. Um, okay. So, I mean, it felt like we had the guy who was going to be able to take over a game when we needed yep. it. Um, and yes, Jaden Ivey... And he did beca- a few times. Yeah, Jaden Ivey became the fourth rookie uh, in Detroit Pistons franchise history to score 1,000 points and also record 300 assists and 250 rebounds in his fresh or in his rookie season. Um, <laughs> so kudos to him. I mean, that's a hell of an accomplishment. But, yeah. it, you know, when it takes so much to go right for you to win the NCAA tournament, hell, even to get to the Final Four, and one off game by your star guard can send you packing. And that's what happened against St. Peter's. Um, Jaden Ivey did not have a great game, and Purdue found themselves unable to compensate for that. Um, No one really could step up. No one else was hitting shots. And when you rely on a guy like Ivey to take over in those games when nobody else is being able to do anything, if he has an off game, you're in trouble. Uh, And that's what happened to Purdue. Now, you know, this year was a completely different thing. Because Purdue was relying on freshman guards, which is always a terrifying prospect going into March. But I, I think like a lot of other people, I felt that Purdue would be able to compensate for that with Zach Eady, um, with someone like David Jenkins Jr., who had so much um, experience in the tournament and throughout his career. Uh, but unfortunately, everything went wrong in that game, and no one stepped up uh, to hit those tough shots. And and that's how you lose in right. March. Um, you don't have anybody who you can trust to truly take over um, at at the guard position. And Purdue had no right. one to do that. And unless they fix that going forward, I, I'm afraid that it's going to be the same time and time again. And to answer your question, sort of, what, when it comes to what Big Ten team has that guard, the answer is honestly probably in Bloomington, but that guard's not going to be there next season. Jalen hood yeah. if he was a senior, could be that guy. Yeah. But he will not be a senior in, at Indiana. He will be an NBA draft pick. Yeah, I can't this, imagine. I've, I've not seen anything definitive, but I can't imagine he's coming back next year. I mean, he's going to be a lottery pick. It's easy. He has the mid-range game that translates directly to the NBA level. So, I... He's gonna. Why wouldn't you go and chase that money? Oh no, absolutely, since absolutely. Trace Jackson Davis isn't coming back. Like, no. Yeah. So no, I, yeah, and and I don't begrudge. And, well, I don't begrudge any player who leaves early to go make money, um, because sure. there's they may never have that opportunity again. So kudos mm-hmm. to them. Yep, for sure. But yeah, there's that guard play in the Big Ten is just not there. It's not on the same level, and the it's I don't know if it's the coaches just not wanting to adapt or what, but we can say it's officiating, not letting the style of play happen. But again, even if you have this uh, perfect officiating, the guard play is just not on the same level as the SEC, the ACC, and Big even 12. the Big 12. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we you saw one of the teams in the Elite Eight today. Marcus Carr was doing well. Um he used to play for Minnesota, yeah. but obviously he left after his freshman year, and he made a big uh, difference on Texas's team. It's just that is not the way the games go for the Big Ten. It's always rock fights. Yeah. Do, I mean, I know historically that is how the Big Ten has played because 
historically that's how basketball was played, you know. Right. Uh, and up until like the 2000s, you like you threw it to a big man, you had a couple perimeter shooters, and every now and then there was an outrageous guard who would take things over. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, if if you take these Purdue teams of the last 10 years and transport them back 40, 50 years, Purdue's winning a few like national titles. I mean, but or the UCLA game in the seventies. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's just not the game anymore. And no. the Big Ten has been like, nah, we're good. We're gonna keep doing what we've been doing. Um, and they've stuck with the same style of play, and it is not serving them well. Um, in March, short of, I mean, you know, we've we've the Big Ten has had a lot of teams get to the Final Four. Um, but as I said, no one has won since Michigan State in two thousand, and. At a certain point, it becomes something that other schools, other conferences, other coaches can use against uh, Big Ten uh, recruiting. You know, to say you know you you might want to go there, but no one has won a big or no one has won a national title in over twenty years. Here, you know, you can at least get a chance. Blah blah blah. And I wonder if the reputation of the Big Ten is going to be used against them. Right. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And it's it's the way it's the way also it feels like the Big Ten doesn't bring in the same kind of athletes like everyone knows it in bat or in football. The SEC is known for bringing in the best athlete. I think the Big Ten starting to get to that point, too, where only one or two schools are bringing in your top tier players um, and you almost wonder if it has a domino effect and you know to your point if it's being used against them what do you do how do you get out of that rut so unfortunately the person who's been best at breaking the big 10 mold has been tom izzo yeah speaking of i want to correct myself before we get it in the comments the 2000 national title that michigan state won was in indianapolis they oh, were okay. also gotcha. in the 2009 Final Four, which had the tire logo and was in Detroit. Okay. I had to look that up because I was like, I, I know they were in the one that had the tire logo, but I could not mm-hmm. remember. But that was 2009. But, yeah, I mean, it it goes to your point that you can overcome it if you have a coach like Tom Izzo. And I don't know what Tom Izzo's magic is in the month of March, but, mm-hmm. I mean, the way he turns it on is just absolutely – uh, crazy. Um, yeah. He gets he gets to the final four with teams who Purdue's beaten twice, who Purdue has absolutely dominated, and he just turns it on and figures out a way to get there. It is crazy. Yeah. Just uh, when's the last time a, or a Big Ten team has played in the national championship? Last yeah, the last time a Big Ten team was in the national title game uh, was 2018. Uh, Michigan lost to Villanova, and it wasn't particularly okay. close, seventy-nine to sixty-two. Um, and then before right. that was a very good game, uh, Duke versus Wisconsin in twenty fifteen, sixty-eight to sixty-three. Um, okay. And then we go back twenty thirteen, uh, which was vacated because of Rick Pitino at Louisville, but uh, right. Louisville beat Michigan eighty-two to seventy-six. Um, that was Spike. That was yeah. Spike's game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, the, the Big Ten that. has. I went to the same high school. Big Ten has has gotten there, uh, but just yeah. cannot pull through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so, 
there, there's one more question that this kind of brings up, and we talked about it on the site. Um, you know, Purdue has Miles Colvin coming in next year. He's the only signed recruit. Um, we also have a few guys coming off of red shirts um, who mm-hmm. we hope maybe can be difference makers. It's it's always tough to say when a guy has been uh, redshirting for a year and you haven't really got to see how they've they've been improving or how they've been excelling uh, in that process. But we've got those guys coming in. We don't really know uh, if Zach Eady is going to come back. So the the whole complexion of the team might be different next year, depending on if Eady returns or not. But mm-hmm. the transfer portal is the way of life in college athletics uh, at this time. So what do you think Purdue and Matt Painter need to be out there looking for? I'm not asking for specific names. I'm just saying who do they need to be looking for as a player? A shooter, a scorer, somebody who can drive, a backup point guard, extra height. I mean, what do we need? Yeah, so I kind of I was had struggled with this when we talked about it for our round table. And the problem is it all comes down to whether or not Edie returns. Yeah. But either way, I think if Edie is gone, you still have Kaufman Wren first, and now uh, Willie Berg's going to be coming in. So at least you have, like, a true center in Berg. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he'll be a redshirt freshman, but, you know, sometimes you have to live and die by that. Um, what I truly want them to get outside of ball, just people who can handle the ball and create their own shot, those are kind of a dime a dozen now, it seems. I wouldn't mind some 3 and D guys. Just people who can switch on defense and actually uh, cover four of the five positions and make an impact so that when you have someone switch with Zach Eady, it's not a mismatch on both ends. Like, you can have one mismatch, but not two. I think we saw this happen a lot with Fletcher Lawyer. He would switch, and they would just absolutely attack Fletcher Lawyer. I would like to avoid that. And again, it all comes down to, can the outside shooters on Purdue make their shots? Yeah. They are more than capable. They have all the accolades you could ever want for uh, outside shooting. It's just a matter of whether or not they make their shot. I'm hoping with more experience especially for the freshmen those sort of things start to work themselves out yeah i mean you had a player like mason gillis this season who in their late last game didn't make shots and he's a what career 40 percent three yeah shooter it's like they didn't show their best effort we know that they didn't show their best game in this game okay but moving forward, I'd love to see them really use their roles and um, sort of play directly into their roles. If they do that, they're golden. You get, you see the top-level uh, basketball they can play when they play it in Portland. If you're all doing your job and um, you know playing into your roles, you're fine. But you have to make open shots, you have to not be afraid to drive the ball, you cannot just stand outside on the perimeter in a motion offense that Matt Painter runs. Yeah. So, that's a long-winded way to answer your question, but, yeah. No, but, I mean, it's a good good answer. It's a good answer. 
So ball handlers first, and then three and D guys. I think. I think one of the things I said is I want somebody who can create their own shot off the dribble. I yeah. hope that Miles Colvin is going to be that guy when he comes in. But again, it mm-hmm. comes back to the same problem that Purdue will be relying on freshman guards. Um, so right. if Purdue could find a guy, maybe as a grad transfer, maybe as someone who's immediately eligible, you know, with the portal as a junior or a senior um, who can come in and has shown an ability to break down the defense and is maybe you know jumping up a level or wanting to go to a major conference, that to me is something that this team is lacking. But yeah. um, to kind of reiterate what you said, the biggest improvement this team will see next year is the improvement from the freshmen to now, to now being sophomores. Can Fletcher mm-hmm. Lawyer and can Braden Smith make a jump to that next level? Because if they do, it changes what the team is capable of. And we need them to really step up and be leaders on this team because they are the guards on this team. They're going to be in starting roles seemingly for four years. And eventually it will be their team. And if Zach Eady goes, it might be their team next year. We don't know. Um, But those are the two guys that are almost absolutely pivotal uh for this Purdue team Mm -hmm. so that is really what I'm looking yeah for sure yeah so um you know national title is a is a week away I know I'll be watching but you know there's certainly a little part of me that's still disgruntled and and doesn't really doesn't really have my whole heart into watching but it it shows you that the uh March Madness is always going to have its hooks in me even when Purdue gets heartbreak uh as they have the last three seasons so um, I assume you're going to watch as well, Ryan. You're going to be glued to the TV. Yeah. Um, yeah, just maybe not super glue this year. Maybe <laughs> some Elmer's glue. There you go. Not 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 like uh, Gorilla Glue. Right, exactly. Good. That makes sense. That makes sense. So there we go, folks. There's our look at the NCAA tournament, the Big Ten's problems, and what Purdue needs to do uh, going forward. So thanks so much for giving us a listen this week. Uh, we will be back next week. Boiler up. Hammer down. Hammer down.